Turn to number 983. Number 983, just over yonder. Just over yonder, beyond the river, there is a city of your delight, where many loved ones are congregating in robes of victory of your
Wow. It's good to be here. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes 7 that says, It's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. I guess we're, in many ways, tonight in a house of mourning. And um, that's not easy, but it's easier when it's together, when you all have come to join in that. Um, we've got a lot of a lot of things to think about here. I'm going to read some verses from Revelation 21. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. Um, but that verse, that song that Timothy just led, can you imagine a land where there's no more crying, no more dying, what rejoicing when we get home? And so I guess Ecclesiastes must be talking about here in this life, it's better to go to the house of mourning because there's coming another life when that won't be a thing anymore. There won't be a house of mourning anymore. It'll be a house of rejoicing when we get home. Revelation chapter 21, there's some verses here that look to the future. We're going to be talking here about our friend, our brother, Amos, memories that we have of him. But I wondered if we could look just for a few a few minutes at a different look at time, look at the future, instead of looking at the past. This is talking about a future time, maybe even you could say a present time for Amos now, uh, or at least a, a future time for all of us that are right with God. We don't know exactly the chronology here, exactly how all this plays out. Some people have different ideas, but it's talking about a time of rejoicing. And, you know, we ask the question, what is our brother Amos seeing right now? Or will he see in the near future, depending on how all this plays out? We'll look at just a few things here. Revelation chapter 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride or adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he sat, he that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are true, these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he will be my son. Revelation 22, the next chapter. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come in reverence. We come in soberness, Lord, because we are walking down a path that has an end to it. 
And we are here in memory of our brother Amos, who has reached the end of this part of the path and begun a different part of that of, of his existence, of his journey. Lord, we want to say thank you. We want to honor you, for you are God, and your ways are perfect, and you know all things, and you know best. And your ways are higher than our ways, and your wisdom exceeds our wisdom. So, Lord, as we come together, we... We want to say thank you. You have been good. We thank you for Amos and his testimony for you. We thank you for a life that he lived. We just commit our time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I read these passages, I had to ask myself the question, what is Amos seeing right now? I had to ask another question. What would you say to Amos if you just had one more minute with him? Those of us that loved him, knew him. If we just could have one more minute with him to to say whatever we wanted to for just that one minute, what would we say? But there's another question that came to mind. What would he say to us? If he could come down here and stand in our midst for just one minute and talk to us, what would he say? You know, Amos did speak to me today. The day before he died, he put on one of the statuses on WhatsApp. He loaded, he put a story on there. It's called God's Smuggler. And today for one hour and ten minutes, I listened to his message to those of us who are on that chat. A story of how God is working. And I felt like I was, let's put it this way, I, I, I was privileged to listen to that. It told the story of a man who had a very difficult childhood. His name was Andrew. It was during World War II. They had to go without food. He was searching for meaning. He was searching for adventure, but he was disappointed over and over again. He had a horrible guilt because of his time in the military and some of the atrocities they committed. And he was searching for relief from that, and he sought it in death. He said, I just want to die. And so he would do dangerous, crazy things to try to get relief through death. It talked about pain and the desire for revenge. It talked about the death of his mother and how he didn't get the chance to say goodbye to her. It talked about prayer. And people offering him prayer, but he responded by saying, God doesn't care. And, you know, I, I read some of these moments and, and they were, they were funny moments. And I said, you know, Amos had given us this and I bet he would have liked that spot right there, that funny moment. And then they came to a serious moment. And I said, you know what? I think Amos would like that part too. That's the kind of man, a uh, young man that he was. He had his funny moments. He had his serious moments. I'm only an hour and ten minutes into this story that he sent to those of us on that chat got seven hours to go the main character andrew is still at the point that i'm at not a believer he's not a christian but i think that's coming i'm looking forward to hearing the rest of it there's a verse in the bible that says there's a person being dead that yet speaketh i believe it's talking about abel 
Lives are like that. Even after they pass away, there is still a speaking going on. So I want to wish all of you the Lord's blessing tonight. Amos is still speaking. He is still touching many lives through the life that he lived, through choices that he made, through decisions. I wonder if you'd stand with me and we could pray. Lord, we ask for your blessing tonight. We are here in your fear. We are here in your honor. And we are here for your glory. Lord, you've given us a gift. A gift of a precious soul. 17 years. Lord, we have to admit, we thought it was going to be longer. But you know best. And your ways are not our ways. And we submit to you and we are grateful to you, Lord, that you are wiser than us. And so, Lord, we just commit this service to you now. We bless you, Lord. I pray for the family. His father, mother, brothers, sisters, I just commit them to you and ask you, Lord, please come and work in a mighty way. Please come in comfort. Come in peace. Come in witness, Lord, those that are not right with you. We commit this evening to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming tonight. Um, Last night was our prayer meeting night, and Brother Roger texted me and said, uh, maybe we should change it from a prayer meeting to a time of remembering Amos, time of talking about what the Lord's doing through this in our lives, um, time, a time to sing about eternity to God. Um, and so we decided to postpone it so the halls could be here with us tonight. Um, so thank you for all of you that came, and Lord bless each one. So we want to do just that. If you have a song you want to sing tonight, um, maybe... A memory of Amos, uh, maybe something the Lord's been showing you through all of this, um, or a Bible verse. We'll um, we'll do that together, and just be together and remember Him and praise the Lord. Um, we're going to try to record it just so that the family has it for later, and also I know some of the family that couldn't get here are listening in, so. Um, We'll try to bring a mic to you, but please don't let that. I know the second we thought about that, we thought that might cause some people not to want to speak. But please get over that fear if you have something that you feel the Lord wants you to say. Um, I think the best thing would be to first start off with the immediate family. Um, and please realize that if something comes later, you can speak anytime throughout the service. But maybe what we'll do is have a time for the immediate family to share anything or a song you want to sing. And then we'll move to a time where whoever was close to Amos, maybe you worked with him, maybe you were a close friend in the youth group, um, just somebody that was close to him could speak. And then we'll open it up after that. So 
um, I'll say this, that the last thing I remember of Amos was I was sitting in my office and he came in and he wanted to take Jonathan on a just an outing. And so that was his last deed, was a, a kind action to him. And um, I don't even know why my son's alive, really. You look at that little spot and it's amazing to see that he's alive. But And that last moment, Jonathan screamed out, you know, Amos, Amos, and he jerked over. And I don't think Jonathan would be alive tonight if he hadn't jerked over. So I praise the Lord for that. I'm shocked that my son's alive. And I'm shocked that Amos is gone. So I'm thankful that my son's alive and I'm grieving for my brothers and sister who has lost their son. So anyway. But let's just be together. And it's good to grieve together. It's good to... um I, just just being within the last couple of days, just hearing memories is good for the heart. So let's just do that together. So I'll open it up. Please don't be um, embarrassed. <clears throat> if anyone in the immediate family has something they'd like to share. Oh, you don't have to raise your hand. Just start talking. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Probably just a couple weeks before, probably within the last two weeks uh, before this accident, I listened to a message by Dale Heisey. The title was Last Words, and the principle is what stuck with me. But he said, the words that you speak to others, would you be okay with them being your last words? And the circumstances of Amos' death made the words that I did not think would be the last words. It made them the last words because we were not expecting this. Being his older brother, I often had those older brother feelings of maybe he could do things in a more mature way or maybe, I i don't know, I wouldn't necessarily say I had high expectation for him, but I just thought maybe, you know, he could, you know, do things a little more the way I thought maybe he should or or whatever. And I deeply regret those, um, even those feelings, even though I don't think he felt that or I expressed that at all, I appreciated very much the testimony he had and the growth that I've seen in the last nine months since he was converted. I can honestly say that I've never seen a clearer conversion or a more mm-hmm. um, obvious joy of the Lord in his heart. Yeah, He was on a journey and... It was very, very evident that he desired to do what was right. Just the way he was so open and entreatable. If you had a concern, he was very tender. And yet his personality was so large that it included so many people. Um, and if someone didn't enjoy being around him, I'm not sure they could have found any joy in life at all. 
he just yeah. had that personality that was flamboyant and just he would quickly get embarrassed if people were enjoying him too much and he'd stop doing whatever he was doing that people were enjoying and he we're definitely going to miss him my um I want to share a little bit and then I want to share my last moments with him I honestly feel and believe that if somehow God's kingdom can be bettered by this, whether it's somebody that struggles with unkindness, bitterness, or hatred can somehow be softened, that it will be worth it. I feel that way, even at the loss of a brother. He had a desire for people to get along, and if there was someone that was just not right with the Lord or a friend that he was close to that was not walking right. He was burdened about it. He would pray and he would even talk to them. Even in his young Christian experience, he was very, very concerned that way. And it, and it, it was a good example for me, even though I'm way farther along in my Christian walk to be more that way and care more for others. And that was Amos. He cared greatly for those his age and those that were behind him. So I say that it will all be worth it if we can all just be a little kinder to be more tender-hearted towards each other, to be more Christ-like in our attitudes toward each other. My last memory of Amos was the night before he rode with me in the tractor, and it was just kind of just small talk. He had, I had thought maybe I should ask him how he's doing and get a little more personal with him, but I somehow decided I... I wouldn't, and it was just a brother to brother, just ride along in the tractor, and and then he needed to go home. He thought he should get a haircut, and so he wanted to get home in time for that. And so I took him down the road a little ways and dropped him off at his car, and and I told him thanks for riding with me, and he said something similar in return, thanks for letting me ride or whatever. And it was just a good everything's clear between us connection and. I let him go. I drove down the road and back into the fields just a little ways and and he drove by in his car and then the next morning at the press I was waiting for um to be able to go to go bail and he was hanging out with some of the other boys on the crew and and he walked by my tractor and I was just kind of in a interesting position, relaxed in the tractor and <laughs> and he, being the humorous guy he was, decided to snap a picture and I gave him a thumbs up and just kind of a, we had a brotherly connection without even speaking and that happened to be the last picture that he took on his phone and that was the last interaction I had with him. I'll treasure that. Uh, well, this has been hard. You can all understand, <clears throat> probably. Uh, but Amos, uh, when he was little, I used to call him Amos. <laughs> Sometimes he was Amos. And, uh, but he was a precious young man to me. Um, yeah, he had struggles. And, uh, <clears throat> and there was times that, uh, 
my wife, you know, and the schooling and everything wasn't going well, and he resisted that and didn't want to do his schoolwork, and uh, we'd be in bed at night. She says, I don't know what to do with him. And, of course, he was getting up there in age, and he was really behind in his grades, and but he wasn't converted. And he was just resisting the Holy Spirit working in his life. And it was just, we could, we knew it. He just kept resisting. And, and he'd come to us and he'd kind of make a step forward and then he'd go back in the same rut and just same things. And he tried to, try to do these things over and over again. And, and it was just like months and years went on. It's like, we just kept praying for him and bringing him before the Lord on a regular basis and just, and, uh, Finally, one time he came to us, came to me, I think it was just me, <clears throat> very late in the evenings, I need to talk. And he just dumped his sins out. I mean, he just cried and wept and just confessed and just confessed. And, and like Moses says, he, he came so clear, but I think he came so clear because he resisted so long. I mean, he did give in. I mean, it was, it was almost like full steam ahead. Not that he was perfect. He, he had his failures and shortcomings, but... He just, I mean, he was just a transformed young man. I mean, he came, became a servant. Uh, he worked at his schoolwork harder. And uh, he paid attention to the little boys and, and just, I mean, he was just radically changed. And I was just, and that's been about a year and a half ago. And like I say, he still had his share of struggles, but he became so burdened for lost souls mm-hmm. who were the, because he knew what Myra Clay he was plucked out of, and and he didn't want anybody to be there. And mm-hmm. he just he'd come to me and said, "How do you how do I reach out to this person?" And and Joshua was one of them. He just oh, he just had a burden for Joshua. We prayed together for Joshua and uh, and others, and even when they were mean to him, I mean, truly hurtful things. I mean, huge punches in the belly, and he would just. He would try to interact with them. He just didn't know how to relate to them. And, and he would try to reach out to them as best he could. And, and that was his heart, to reach out to somebody. And like Moses says, if, if uh, through his death, through his victory, walking in victory, can reach out to somebody, well, we'll it would be worth it for us. It would just be a blessing to us. And, and I mean, I could share lots of memories with him, about him. And uh, I mean, he was he was truly... He was, uh, had a goofy side like you all have seen and, and, and that just, I mean, it just brightened our day and we just enjoyed him, his contagious smile. I mean, he just, uh, ministered blessings to us and to our home and, and I just, uh, I'm thankful for what the Lord's done in our home in the past six, seven years and he's, he's one of the major works that uh, yeah. the Lord did and so I just, uh, Thank the Lord for that, and, and and God is good. I think you know when we heard this news, you know that was I started sending out text messages to people, letting them know, and I said, God is still good. He's good all the time. We may not understand it, but uh, we can accept that. I mean, God does all things right, and all things good, and, and so we we can rejoice in that, even though it's hard. And, uh, and to know the Lord is near those that are weeping. He's weeping with us. So he's near to the brokenhearted. And so don't be afraid to be brokenhearted. I mean, uh, Amos, he could, I don't think he could hold a bitter feeling against anybody for long. I mean, he, he just, 
he wanted to love everybody and care for everybody. And, and so, if there's anybody struggling, well, please get your heart right. Um, I mean, that would bless him. He would be so pleased and so happy. Because uh, um, there's people who are still on his prayer list and that he, he's praying for and he's burdened for. Um, don't let this situation go to waste, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything? Yeah, I may have something else later. But and thank you all for your service here. I mean, yeah. I can't. It just breaks my heart. Just the outpouring of love from here and from people we've never known yeah. or met. I'm just. Overwhelmed. Truly, I mean, from here, from people we never met over our area, bringing us food, offering and bringing food, and and help and do things. Neighbors come up and and about one guy I know said, "I can run tractor. I've run tractor before, but I don't have any tractor work. It's all irrigation." And, and another neighbor I never even contacted, had no idea how he heard. Uh, he came up and he was so sorry, and he's irrigating right across the road. And he says. I'll do anything. Whatever you need me to do, I'll watch your water. I'll do anything. <laughs> Tell me. And uh, that was yesterday morning because another neighbor that I'd done it before when he came out for the wedding, he's up in Alaska. So he wasn't going to be home until Friday, so oh, that wouldn't work. And, but this other neighbor, Lane, he came up and he said, I'll do it. And so I, 11 o'clock yesterday morning, came down and showed him what to do. I said, I'll do it. Just don't. Don't worry about anything. If you gotta be gone for longer, I'll, I'll do it for as long as you need. So, there's been so many blessings in, the, in that, so we rejoice in that. So, well, thanks again to everybody. Titus. I too noticed a tremendous change in his life after he was converted. It was, Probably the biggest change that I've seen after someone has accepted Christ and had the Holy Spirit in them, it's just, it just amazed me at the change that was in his life and <clears throat> kind of had a unique relationship with him after that. Um, we had a very, we could get deep very fast. Like we would spend a lot of time together, um, riding in tractors or hunting or fishing, things like that. And we didn't shoot much. We didn't, as far as like game or anything big or crazy or to catch any big fish, but the time we spent together was very much, we were very close. Like we, we'd go deep fast and talk about the Christian life and one topic that we particularly focused on a lot was staying pure and holy in this wicked world and the practical things that we've experienced to keep, to maintain that walk and to weed out different things that in our lives that can feed the flesh, whether it's social media or phones or listening to things that are just on the edge. We discussed a lot of that. And we'd also do listen to sermons and in the tractor and stuff, and we'd discuss what, spoke, what stood out to us after that. And it was just, his relationship with me was just, amazing that way and it's something that I valued very much um, and even when I moved out here he one of the vehicles I drove out he, he, he rode with me most, a lot of the way and there's times where we were silent but it was still 
there's still that communication there, and we just, yeah, his goofy side, it was just, him and I really connected on that a lot, it was just, it was just great, a couple times I remember, um, one specific time in the combine, it was, he came, he was out in the corn combine with me, and it was probably nine, ten o'clock at night, and get started getting a little bit sleepy after being out there all day, and I'm not sure whose whose idea it was, but we decided decided to try to sing. So we we pick a part and just random part, and we just sing at the top of our lungs as we're going there. And it was it was good, it, and I really enjoyed that. And just different goofy conversation. He'd had his he had his voice that he would go into, and <laughs> yeah, it, it just always made you laugh, no matter what really was going on. And and I also remember. This last fall, going hunting with him, going shooting coyotes, and there's one time I, I I rubbed and hit on him pretty hard, but he he knew me and I knew him, and we both enjoyed it. Well, he forgot to sh- turn the call on, and he comes back and he's like, he sets the call out there, probably like we're calling coyotes, and he sets the call out there like 20 yards, and he starts coming back, and I said, Amos, there's a coyote right there, like he's st- sitting there looking at. So he goes plop on his stomach, and he's got his hat on backwards, and Kind of looking over the top of his glasses at, and like, why'd I like, where, where? And I'm trying to point out to him and I'm like sitting behind this brush and, and so then, and he, ha- he's the one that had the gun that was powerful enough to even reach out there and so he starts belly crawling to his, to his gun and then he finally gets there and the thing runs away and, um, I had to rub that in on him pretty good and he felt bad but he, we had a good laugh and, it was a lot of fun, and we made good memories, um, a lot of good memories doing that, and that's something that I have other brothers, and I want to do that more with the brothers yeah. I have now. It's good. You just can't, n- nothing for me replaces moments being out in God's creation, and and you don't have to go anywhere anywhere crazy. This was just up on some farmland that we rented back there, and it was just... Just tramping around out there a couple miles a day, just, it's so, it's so, so building and just so worth it. Even to take, if you have to take time off work, you'll never regret it, spending time. And I also remember another time the center around hunting, um, I wanted to, he was coming out here to work, I believe it was earlier this year, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta take him hunting one more time before he goes out. And so we're, get all our gear and we're going down to, Oh, he needs his license. So we go down to get his license. But then he forgets his wallet. <laughs> and we're like 25 minutes from home and he's, oh, he's, he's apologizing. He's bad. I said, don't. And so I just start rubbing it in on him, just teasing him up a storm. And of course he knows I'm teasing him and he starts playing along with it. And then we end up meeting dad halfway back and get his wallet and we go back and get the stuff we needed and we actually shot at one that time, which was a lot of fun. We just, we didn't hit him, but it was still super fun and it was in the snow, it was cold and we just had an amazing time and as far as last memories with him, I remember one or a couple that I'd like to share. One was over at the Gussie's house when we were leaving there Sunday night. He told us, where he had his wedding gift for us. And I remember as we were leaving, he, he says, 
it's at Mim and Timothy's there under the carport or the porch there, and I'm like, okay, and he's like, it's it's an instant pot, and it's like, wow. I remember saying, telling him, thank you, Amos. That's so so nice of you. That's so sweet, and and I remember leaving, and then the next day, it was a week. No, it was the next day. We came down to Jeremy's for to pick up some stuff. I can't remember what exactly what it was, but I was in there sitting at the table, I think, drinking some water, and he comes in, and he, I, I remember I can still picture him in my mind. He parks out 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 front there, and he comes in, and he had a little limp. His knee was bothering him, and I asked him how his knee was doing, and he's like, "Oh, it's okay." And he just then he went up to his room and came down and he gave me five dollars. It was just like. I asked him what it was for, and he's like, it was for some ammunition that you bought me a long time ago that I never paid up yet. And I told him he didn't need to worry about that and that it was okay. But it was just, but he insisted that I should keep it. But it was just so sweet that the last interactions there, and I said thank you, I, and I don't know, I'll just never forget that. And the looks on his face and everything. It'll forever be in my mind. Yeah. I have a lot of close friends, um, but I was very, very close to Amos. And uh, we, uh, as Titus said, uh, we we went on a lot of adventures, like Titus was saying. We went on a lot of adventures together, and uh, like was said, the transformation in his life was something I've never seen before, and. I have a lot to say, except for I miss him. Mm-hmm. And there's things about him that I'm convicted about in my life. And he had a burden for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. I say this to all of us, let's not let his death go to waste. Let's look at ourselves, see where we can uh, make sure that we can uh, be with him someday. Thank you. Yeah, quite a few memories. One of them is uh, one time um, I took him and uh, my younger sister Naomi um, down fishing. Um, I didn't have my license or whatever, but I was there for the ride and for the fun. Um, So we went down, and um, Naomi and you know him were able to fish, so they were fishing, and he could help her and everything, and. She ended up catching a keeper, and it was her first fish. And so 
it was yeah really exciting and um, Naomi nor I wanted to watch him kill it and he normally would drop a rock on the head and so we we seen it there and so we both turned our backs and he he dropped a rock on the head but we turned around and there was like pretty much no head left <laughs> but it showed how he wanted to yeah help us out and he was so excited for Naomi that it was getting dark and we had to head home and had a ways to walk to the four-wheeler and stuff but um he wanted to try for another fish and he you know got his pull out there and everything but then he ended up losing part of his fishing pool but who cares <laughs> we had something and yeah i don't know that's one of the ones that really stick in my mind of yeah it was just so enjoyable and yeah and he also one of the last personal times Was week a week ago on Tuesday, he had some errands he was running because he didn't have to work, and so he came. Came by for just a few minutes, just to just to say hi. My last um, memory of um, Amos was last Sunday. um, uh, My parents had a little gathering there, and um, I can remember um, one time in particular. He, we were kind of playing around, and um, if you know Amos, he he's uh, very affectionate as one of his character traits. But he would come up and hang on my arm because he knew it annoyed my wife. (laughs) <laughs> playfully and uh, one time he did it and um, I said hey she's not watching it's not worth it right now so then a little bit later he knew she was watching he came up and he grabbed my arm put his head on my shoulder and squeezed my other shoulder and <laughs> very sweet um, I think I, I got pretty close to him um one time I brought him out here from Idaho um, from visiting uh, my girlfriend. And we just talked a lot about a variety of subjects. Um, it's hard to recall everything we talked about. Um, um, one thing I'm grateful for is he um, very much was in support of our relationship. Um, and... He thought Susanna would make such a good wife, and he um, knew she was so sweet. And I remember at the end of our drive, he, um, after we arrived to our destination, he got out, and we just embraced. And he said, "Benjamin, thank you." He said, "He said I, I feel closer to you, and I really appreciate our time." So. special memories I have of Amos. Um, 
one was right after Timothy and I started dating. And he had told me before we were dating that he he thought Timothy was a really nice guy and he wishes he could be his brother-in-law. And he had no idea that Timothy was interested in me. He didn't know I had said yes or anything. And we'd gotten back from coming out here that first time. And I called him into my room and showed him a picture. And his face just lit up. And he's like, you've got the best guy. And just gave me a big hug. And was just so happy for me. And he kept that happiness all along. And then just a few months ago, he came and stayed for like three days at our place. And he just helped me around the house just just to be there with me. And we went shopping together. And he took a picture so he could send it to Timothy just to let Timothy know that his wife was well taken care of. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, I have so many special memories like that. He was one of my closest friends and... His heart for God and others and that others could come to know God like he had mm-hmm. was just, has given me such a zeal that to carry his torch on mm-hmm. yeah. and to not let it drop. And I pray that those souls that are here and those others that he had burdens for that aren't here can just know that his passion was that they could come to Christ and not continue on living in sin. Um, Amos and I used to fight a lot when we were little. (laughs) We'd argue over the stupidest things. (laughs) Over where a bull should go or don't put a cup there. It's it's clean. It's going to get in the dishwasher again. But the last time I remember Amos was last Sunday. He took us to the park, me and Bethany, my cousin, to the park in his car. And um, we were following Carl and Yvonne. And he was just having fun, and he was going to see if he could beat them to the park. And he was like, oh, bummers, I didn't quite beat him. (laughs) And the last time I can clearly see his face was right after he got his knee hurt. And mom was saying he should let Enoch take his place so his knee wouldn't get too badly hurt. And I know what he would say if he was here. He would tell us not to cry. (laughs) And he might tell one of us, funniest jokes just to get us to laugh and I know what I would say to him if he were here for one minute I would say I loved him and that I would miss him
I guess I don't know where to start exactly. Uh, there's so many dear memories of Amos, and uh, before all this happened, I didn't realize there were so many. And the last couple of days, I've had a lot of time to think, and uh, a lot of very fond memories come back. The time spent with him, either on a creek bank hunting or out in the mountains hiking and hunting coyotes or spending time in tractor cabs just discussing anything and everything and singing along he was one that he just he could pull off any voice of anybody you could think of and sing just as they would and it was quite amazing to hear and I was I've always looked at him and just admired him for that and he put that voice to good use many a time and uh, used it for God's glory a lot in the last while after he had dedicated his life to God and and I too saw a major change in him and in our discussions and stuff he he became more frequent and he I don't know why I feel privileged that he chose me to share some of his deepest some of his deepest thoughts with him. and this last summer he last winter he wanted to come out and work in Krupp's seed warehouse and he really looked up to John and Dan and Leland and, and all the Krupp boys he just he admired them and he told me he couldn't wait to go back and spend some time in the warehouse with John and I was proud of him for choosing those choosing friends like them I look up to them as well, and I believe Amos chose his friends wisely, and <clears throat> anyways, looking, he wanted to he wanted to stay with me this went this summer for a couple weeks before he really got busy in the warehouse and and. I'll never forget those couple weeks we spent driving around together and 
talking and late nights that we should have been in bed, sitting in the living room just talking and laughing and him carrying out his hilarious comedy stunts and stuff. And I wish I had a video of them all. We're <laughs> committed to memory now. But dearest of all to me, I think, is the times he spent right with me in the tractor and the windrower and, and his times off of work. I was, he would short himself on sleep so bad just to hang out and I don't know how he could do that because I, I wish I would have done that more for him now and, but I'm glad for the times we had together and the deep heart to heart talks we had. I would share some of those, but I feel like he would, I mean, if he could, he'd frown at me for once, I think, if I shared any of that. But, uh, you know, the last time he came and rode with me in the tractor and grain cart last week, I had this song playing in the background. I'd been listening to it all, most of the day, just kind of sing along with it sometimes and the song was, uh, the title escapes my mind, something about this, my last long move or his last long move and he would, he said he would, be, he was listening to that all day too and he was just like, wow, what a coincidence and so I turned it up and he sang along with it and never would I have believed or thought that a week later he would have made his last long move. And I can still hear him singing the song. I don't know if it's coincidence or if it was God or something, but he was singing those and he always liked to sing in a kind of his funny voice it was hilarious at the time but he was singing daddy sang bass and he would dramatize it to no end and it was it was pretty it was pretty funny I think a lot of us can remember hearing him sing some of that he would anyway that day in the cart while we were driving around through the field catching combines and going back to the truck again he Recall him singing that in the in the tractor. He was just riding along, just enjoying time. And he, I don't know if he was feeling bored. It was a little bit of a lull in our conversation, and he just burst out, just kind of singing to himself. And I remember distinctly. And yesterday, me and Mose were driving back. I had to get some something at the shop. We were driving back, and it just his voice hit me. I remember distinctly hearing him singing the Daddy Sing bass part and then and one of the verses said something about little brother's done gone home and I'll just read it to you uh, since I 
my mind's not with remembering it right now. He was singing. I remember after work, Mama would call in all of us, and you could hear us all singing for a country mile. Now little brother has done gone on, but I'll rejoin him in a song. I don't think he would ever, he never realized that he would be that little brother. Someday, I want to join him in that song. And I want to help him sing then. I too want to share my last moments with him. I don't recall exactly what last moments in person were, but uh, I do know that we were playing volleyball, and I'm not I'm not sure who got that volleyball game together and all the that, but I'm so thankful it worked out that way that we could all be together and. We play volleyball together and that he decided to join in and play even though his knee was hurting him pretty bad and he decided he I don't know he decided to play and it was it was an enjoyable time together and uh, the last time I saw his face and I, I'm not I'm not one that can see images in my in my mind but when Moses and I were driving back from seeing his car and collecting some of his belongings, we passed the corner on American and Peoria, where I last saw him in his beaming face and his wave. I was pulling out of the corner there. I'm not sure what I was doing down there. We were blowing off some combines or something, and I pulled out of there and... uh and I saw him up the road, and I had just enough time to pull out of the driveway safely and got out on the road. And I saw his car. I recognized it. I could see it anywhere, dark green. And I just could see in my mind the sun, the sun gleaming off of his glasses. He looked at me through the windshield, and his big grin in his wave as we passed and about a minute later he or not even he he calls me and asks me what what I was up to and uh and I guess he'd come from the shop he was looking to ride in some clover combines but they it was a wet morning and they hadn't started yet and he was going to Told me he was headed to Kings. He's going to hang out with Jonna for a little bit, and, and that since he had a day off or wasn't working at the moment, he was going to hang out with some of his friends and stuff. And it just it just showed how much he valued people and valued his friends and in connecting with people. He'd spend his free time with 
with people and he was making his rounds and little did I know that he was he'd ridden with most with most of his friends and he was looking to he wondered what I was doing so he could maybe stop and hang out with me at work and I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing I knew I was going to be plowing here after there after a bit and so I told him well I'd I'd call him when I got going in the tractor because I didn't know what I was going to be doing or what and he said well he'd he's going to take John into town they had to get some things in town he wanted to hang out with John and maybe go to town a little bit he wasn't sure he was going to see what John wanted to do and uh and we talked for a while after that and just random small talk and, and there's some more things I can't remember at the moment but they uh, they meant a lot to me and he'd gotten to King's and I could hear some background noise his car I couldn't hear the car anymore so I knew he'd gotten there and we talked for probably five minutes longer he was sitting in the car there and He's like, well, I should go, and he's like, I'll talk talk to you later, and told him sound told him it sounded good, and talked to him later, and bye. And when I saw his face, it was exactly an hour or two to the minute that he crashed and he passed away. Little did I know that was going to be the last phone call he'd ever make was to me, and I feel so privileged. And I don't deserve it. And I don't know why I consider it a gift of God that He allows me to be able to see His face, see His smiling face through His windshield in His car, in His wave. I want to treasure that memory forever. I mean, he never did get to come spend any time in the tractor with me that day. I look forward to spending time with him in heaven when my time comes I can't wait he's left a deep hole in my heart and nothing's going to fill it his memory will live on forever brother-in-law to me. Um, He spent many, many times at our place over the summer and um, a lot of time just working. He would come work at the warehouse and then he would stay at our place. And he became like a little brother to me. Um, So many times we He'd come bombing in with his big smile. and Oh, he loved to make cookies. He loved cookies. <laughs> oh, 
he'd make them by the batch and he'd freeze them and stick them everywhere and very generous with them too we'd be allowed to take them to work with us too um, but he'd come in and he loved to help me make up a batch of cookies or um, goof off in the kitchen with me um, washing dishes being crazy singing and talking in his interesting voice it was just <laughs> so many good memories there was one time he I don't even know why he happened to be around but um, Mim and I showed up we were going to make donuts and Amos was there and he pitched right in and we made ourselves a big batch of donuts and it was so fun he just pitched right in um just so many memories sitting around in the evenings with him. And hearing about his life, he'd share. And I enjoyed kind of giving him that listening ear and spending time with him. He's going to be great in this. Why don't we uh, <clears throat> sing a song, uh, maybe just a verse. We'll all stand. Does somebody have a song on your heart? Anybody have a song on their heart? I don't have a song picked out, so if somebody's been thinking about a song. 652. 652. 652. What a friend we have in Jesus. Let's stand and sing the first verse together. and grace to bear what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer oh what peace we often forfeit oh what needless pain we Well, um, I'm sure we could go all evening talking of memories of Amos, but let's open it up for a little longer here. Um, Those of you who were close friends to Amos, I'd like to just take this time. um, If you'd like to share something or... Remember, if there's something the Lord's teaching you, something to encourage the church, where to keep our minds, where to keep our eyes, anything like that, please share that.
We'll bring the mic to you. Do you guys have the mic up here? Okay. Travis in the back. I did not work with Amos as closely as some of my brothers, just the division of responsibilities. The first part of this week was started out with a, another funeral on Sunday. And I shared the graveside part of that service. I don't remember what all I said, but I would have spoke of the the thought that the brevity of life in each one of us will be there someday. Monday, I wanted to trim some trees around the field. I asked John if one of the guys from the warehouse could help me. And so, because of Amos's knee, he had him come help me. So we trimmed trees, and we were working right ahead of the balers. Um, the one field, the balers were catching up, and so I was trying to quick get the branches out. So I told Amos to go ahead and start picking up some of the smaller stuff by hand. And I was running the skid steer with a grapple, pushing the main part of the limbs in. But I was just getting going good and just kind of working an autopilot in a hurry and all of a sudden, a limb came through the grapple. It was aimed straight at me. I never saw it. And hit me in the chest and pinned me. Probably another inch or two lower, and it could have punctured my stomach. It stopped two inches be below my throat against my sternum. So that shook me up a little bit for the next day or so, and so I was kind of recuperating probably mentally and physically a little from that. Tuesday, Amos, John had told Amos to take the day off because of his knee flared up worse and I had one little I was trying to work on the combine and I needed one little I needed someone to help me just spin something for me and we were kind of wasn't many extra hands around so I called Amos when I went home for lunch he'd just gotten in the tractor and he was 
didn't want to get out for a few hours, and so I said, oh, well, forget it. And that was my last conversation with Amos. Another incident from earlier in the summer, he had had a bad morning and gouged a pretty big hole in the bin wall. And I asked him if he was trying to make his mark in the world. And he did. We'll think of Amos for a long time. things that sticks out in my mind is his smile. Yeah. It's kind of the trademark what I think of when I think of him. Yeah, I'm Leland and uh, we had the privilege of Amos working for us the last couple last year and this summer and uh, I didn't work as closely with him as my boys did but as I was thinking of some things that about Amos recollections um, two things that I think of and I um, one was I think it was last summer or maybe it was earlier this year when he helped us out a bit, but uh, I think it gives a little bit of a glimpse into his heart, maybe. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to interpret it all quite, but Becca had come and done a little work for us, cleaned the office or restroom or something out at the warehouse. I think it probably had been about three hours worth, and uh, I totally forgot about paying her. And, uh, which I don't, I like to pay my bills. And somewhere along the line, Amos had realized that I hadn't paid her. And again, I think I forgot for a bit. And when I finally got around to it, he said, well, he had just paid her. And, well, that isn't really what I had wanted. And I'm not sure if he knew she was going to be his future sister-in-law or or what, but uh, I think it maybe shows a tenderness and a sense of fair play. He wanted her to get what was coming, and I I think we rectified it somehow. Maybe I paid her, and she was supposed to give the money back, but uh, another instant, I shared this. Well, maybe I'll mention something else here. Some of you boys, I don't know that well, but... uh, I think one of, one of our family mentioned, we like to hear Amos when he talked about his brothers, you know, he talked about Abraham and Moses and, uh, um, I'm not sure if that's the way they usually were called, but, uh, and I, there was another thing and I'm not here in any way to reflect on Abe or Abraham. I had shared this with him yesterday, but, um, Amos's car, he had it in our shop there, he was doing brake work or something, it was out of commission for a little, so 
Big Brother Abe loaned him his pickup, and the pickup has a lot of power. And uh, anyway, uh, I'm not I'm not making you feel bad, Abe, at all. It's just, but but Amos, a little hard for him to drive that without liking the feel of that. And although I did find out the one time that it bothered me a little that it was actually somebody else in it. But anyway, I just, uh, I'm conscious of our testimony we leave in the community there with the neighbors. And so I just, one day at the warehouse, I just had the opportunity. I said, hey, you know, Amos, you like like driving that pickup? And well, he, I don't know how all the conversation went, but I just told him, you know, a little bit the how I felt, you know, concerned about the testimony and all. And and <clears throat> I guess, again, the glimpse into his heart, at least once, if not twice, he came back to me and thanked me for, for telling him. <clears throat> 17-year-old, you know, could have rebelled. Yeah. <clears throat> But I think he had a soft heart, teachable heart. It's been our privilege to have him help us out. God bless your family. I was privileged to work with Amos for about a year on and off um, since I was his boss but also um, he was a a good friend a good worker um, I think of several ways to describe him of, as uh, helpful and very polite always willing to go the second mile. And I treasure the memories. (laughs) Of working with him. sacking seed there in the warehouse with him and also the good talks in the office too I will miss him greatly I remember a time where Amos uh, 
I guess he broke a broom at your shop there. And he came home and ordered, went online and ordered this big old massive broom, you know. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, when you're on the clock, you break something, it's the employer's fault. You know, it's not their fault, but they've got to replace it. It's You're on the clock. No, Amos, I, I even talked to him about it. I think employers would normally cover that if you made a mistake. Oh, no, he's going to order this broom. And big old shipment came in of this massive broom. He had to make it right. Anyone else? Okay, I guess we'll open it for just anybody. Anybody who wants to share a testimony. Or a verse. Or a song. Nine eighty six. the wrong one. Oh, that one's right. Yeah, I see. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and His grace in the mansions bright and blessed. He'll prepare for us a place when we Sing 
for a couple more minutes. Is there anything else that somebody would like to share or sing? My close friend sent me this verse and it meant a lot to me. 1 Thessalonians 3, 32. But though he caused grief, death will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he does not affect willingly nor grieve the children of men. Thank you. Travis. I don't want to take away time from someone else. Um, but I think it expresses the large amount of people that Amos touched and that it wasn't just his family and it wasn't just the people he worked with, but it was also the wives and children. It's been really hard on us sister-in-laws and our children too. Um, he just had such a way of reaching out and making each one of the children feel loved and special. Um, often when I would get there with meals, Dorcas and I, he would come over and make sure we had help carrying things in. Um, this summer I was ran down to the warehouse with an armful of stuff and I'm thinking, how am I going to open the refrigerator? And there's Amos <laughs> right there. Um, the whole thing with Travis's um, accident kind of shook me up too. And I was looking through his phone because he had said that Amos was there with him. And I saw his last messages from Amos. He said Amos had kind of gotten lost. And he had sent in this text, where are you? And Amos said, almost there. We were looking through pictures and I was shocked to see so many pictures with little children. Amos with little children. So many selfies with people. I could hardly find a picture with Amos by himself. <laughs> he was with so many people. I think he did have a heart for children. Anyone else? Oh, 
Yeah. Amen. Raising your hand, Jonathan. Um, I was privileged to be with Amos um, towards the very end, and he um, had the day off work, so he was around a lot more that day, and. I was talking to him about my 308, trying to get it sighted in, and and then he said that, yeah, he might help me later that day, and then a little later he said he was going to take me to Sportsman's, and he helped me do some of my chores, and, and then I was getting ready to go, and I thought some, thought I should tell Amos that... He had been a very good, he was a very good friend of me and a very good example. And I never got around to saying it. And also, as we were going along the road and I look up and there's the car and yeah, it was just really fast. Anyone else? Dennis. <clears throat> I just have a Bible verse for all the family and friends. It says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And He's going to make sure that um, good things keep flowing out of Amos's life, even even he's not even here. Especially since it happened at harvest time, it touches even more people. And because Amos had God's heart for the lost, God's going to make sure that other people come into his family. I have a lot of memories of Amos, too, um, and a lot of them have to do with him serving somebody in some way. A lot of people have shared things already that very similar. It was obviously something he prioritized. Um, one memory I have is him just kind of 
being his being my self-appointed chiropractor at volleyball games or random occasions when uh, felt the need, I guess. And um, I don't know. You said something, Jeremy, to the fact the effect of um, encouraging things that we could share with others here and. I guess it's it's a challenge. Amos's life is a challenge for myself. How can I look for more opportunities to serve? Mm. And I guess it's also a challenge for all of us here. How can we look for ways to serve more? Because because um, that's what Christ's example was, and Amos did a, a very good job of of exemplifying that in his life. So. It will be missed very much. Yes, he lived in our home and he was a servant. He was always helping. Always offering to do things. Anyone else? Right up here. Mom was into saying sometime. Thank you. Um, and it said, "Grief is the last act of love you can show to someone who's died." And it also said, "Great grief meant he was greatly loved, and he was he was loved a lot. Everyone he knew, he loved, and everyone who knew him loved him." I just want to thank everyone for coming and um, speaking. I know it means a lot to the halls to hear that their son was living for Jesus here, and and um, it's a good time to just remember to grieve. Uh, you know, it talks about weeping with those who weep, and so this was a good time to weep with them, to remember him. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to Roger. You can close it however you would see fit. Thank you, everyone, for being here. It means a lot to us and to the family. And, yeah, I agree, Jeremy. It's good to be together at a time like this, to grieve together. And clearly Amos was a man you could say of him, he being dead yet speaketh. I didn't look it up. I'm pretty sure that was said in the Bible of the first man who died, Abel. Being dead, yet speaketh. Let him keep speaking. That would be my encouragement. Don't let that voice go silent. After um, a young mother, middle-aged mother, I guess, here in this community, Esther Schrock Troyer passed away. Her sister posted on, on, on 
maybe it was a WhatsApp message, something to the effect that grief is not something you go through and get to the other side and then you're over with it. It's something that enters into you and becomes part of who you are. And maybe you say, well, that's, that sounds kind of morbid. I, I, don't, I don't want to endure grief. That doesn't sound comfortable. But it actually is a, like somebody mentioned another quote about grief I thought was good, but it, 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 it's, it's a valuable part of who you are. It's something you can carry with. It's a, it's a, it's a I don't know if you can use the word souvenir or not, but you know, Amos left something behind. He left memories. And those memories are precious. 17 years of memories that are gifts from God. The grief is also a gift from God. And the future hope in heaven is a gift from God. The hope of seeing Him again. So let Him keep on speaking. Whatever your age group is, if you're in Amos's age group, and there are a number here like that, if you're older than him and younger than him, let him keep on speaking. He'll be speaking to you as long as you let him speak. When I first heard there was an accident and there was a fatality, the way it came to me, I was pretty sure it was one of my sons. It wasn't. It was yours, Neil. There's a lot to think about at a time like this. But it's good to be together. And so thank you everyone who's come. There's going to be a visitation. There's going to be a funeral. And those will be good times. Not easy times, but good times. So, let's face it with courage. It becomes part of who we are and we become better people as a result. Why don't we stand for prayer? Brother Mike Molman, would you pray for us? Lord, I do pray that you would just grab the around the whole family right now. 
somehow let them sense your loving arms, let them sense your tears that you're shedding with them. Bless them and keep them and carry them. Lord, I, I pray that you go before this weekend, the viewing and the funeral. Father, may the name and your word and your majesty be honored and glorified as we remember Amos. Lord, may you touch lives. Father, these things hurt. Too painful for something to not good come out of it. I know you're going to bring good out of it. I pray you bring something good out of it. I know you will. Thank you for that. The Lord for right now is beautiful. Carry them. Love them. Hold them. Thank you for this evening, Father. Like you said before, it's good just to, just to be together. Just, just to be. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again. You're dismissed.